peace. This is Cheyenne Salah thanking you all for watching and listening to my new podcast. The door is now open to my brave new world. So sit back and relax and let me share with you a little bit of this thing I call life. <laughs> yeah, baby. Let's go. It's so fun. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You are back with your boy, yours truly, Cheyenne Salah here, chilling in the compound as usual. Real quick, I want to get some things out of the way, you know what I'm saying? Some tidying up, some business. I want to give a big shout out to our friends at Red Bull for giving us, you know what I'm saying, some amazing things to drink as we kind of flow through the segments. It's always a beautiful thing when you build a new relationships. So big love to my dude, dude Anthony, uh, for bringing that deal to the table. Uh, we here just kind of chilling. This is the Brave New World Compound. This Law Family Estate. We down in the basement, in the cave. You know what I'm saying? Where the man do men shit and the men do man shit. And we just down here live cooling out. I got a couple of my bros with me. I want to give a big shout out to all of you that are catching this podcast around the world. It's all over the world. Big shout out to our friends at iHeart, our friends at Player FM. Uh, our friends at Spotify and Pandora and everywhere else that would be in circulated Apple, uh, Google Play, and of course, any of y'all that are catching it on YouTube and Facebook and some of the other uh, ancillary spaces that we loading it up on. I uh, am very committed, as you all know, those that know me at least, to making sure that we have an authentic show. What I mean by authenticity is that life is all about me revealing through my crazy, wild, diverse life and various experiences that come within it and featuring some of the relationships, the friendships, family, friends, business colleagues, brands, associations, things that I've worked with and I've actually had to live through. Uh, we wanted to separate ourselves from the pack. We've got a lot of podcasts out there and it's all due respect and we love and appreciate you all because most times you're giving us good information, uh, but we wanted to have a little twist in this and that twist was just basically having something that was real and authentic amongst one another, uh, regardless of who the guest was, the topics, the issues, the situations, the circumstances in life are all things that there's real time and real life experience to kind of lean in on. Uh, the show was birthed off of my old radio show, Life, and uh, we had an awesome time building that about 10 years ago here locally on KKNW. I had the show and we featured some of the same things for the same reasons. And now in this new era, we're able to bring it to the podcast generation and feed y'all a little bit more of that real Cheyenne Salah get down. Uh, today is nothing short of what the usual is. You know I believe in quality. You know that authenticity runs deep in the blood. We ask you to, to all just please continue to share. Let everybody know what time it is. This is not one of those things that I wanted to get out in the world and overly market and promote down your throat. It's something I want you to find and discover. It's something I want you to be proud of and lean in on at any given time for any given reason.
Without any further ado, I'm sitting here with a two of my family friends, you know what I'm saying? Old time, long time friend, my boy, former Army Ranger, Ronald Farrell's in the building with us. And I got my man, my unk, my big dog, Seattle legend and icon, my man Grasshopper, a.k.a. Darrell Wilson, is in the building. So I want to give a big round of applause for my boys that's in the room. This how we do life, baby. This how we do life. So, yo, today... I wanted to kind of do a contrasting spin. Last week, I had my man, my good friend, Dr. Carl Mack, on talking about Juneteenth. And today, I wanted to just bring it back down to some brotherhood, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and get with some of the fellas. This is some of the typical stuff that we do on a day-in, day-out basis anyways. We love to convene and connect, share stories, and build with one another. This is something that's grossly missing throughout all of society, but certainly here in America, this is a big, big problem. Not enough opportunities for brothers to sit down and open themselves up and build on one another. So that's all we're going to do today. We got a couple of drinks. We're sipping a little bourbon. We got some cigars in the room. That's what we do. Big, 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 big time cigar fan here. And uh, you know what I'm saying? And for all of you that do smoke or don't smoke or what have you, I don't want you to feel no kind of way about it. It's just the way we get down. It's about taste culture. And there's nothing like a cigar and something to taste on to kick off some conversations and open some things up. And with that being said, I wanted my man, the Ranger, Mr. Ranger Danger himself, Ronald Farrell, to go ahead and give, the, the, give my fans and my crowd and my followers and the family out there in the world a little bit of, uh, of who you are, man, and, and, and some of your background. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first, thanks for, for having me on the show, man. We've been, we've been uh, talking about this for, uh, for a minute, and it's, it's beautiful to see this thing just, you know, kind of uh, evolve as it, as, as it has and, and become what it's become. Uh, quick background on me. Um, yeah, I spent um, uh, eight years in the U.S. Army. Five years of that was a second range battalion here at the, uh, at the mighty second range battalion, the Joint Base Lisa McCord. Uh, right. So I got to uh, jump out of planes, uh, uh, blow stuff up with the short shorts, fly around on the cooling birds, <laughs> you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, and um, got my, that's where I cut my teeth into, into that, you know, the veteran and, uh, and, and ranger community. Um, with that, um, you know, I went into, you know, transition work. Well, I transitioned as a veteran, um, as we uh, have, have learned and found out that transition is pretty, uh, it's interesting whether it be veterans, whether it be, you know, sports athletes. Uh, you know, when, when you go from, like we were talking about before, you know, operating at, at such a high level, high caliber, and then things change for you. You know, what, is, what does that do? What does that look like? So I, I spent um, a, a good amount of my time there kind of searching, I remember, you know, and uh, that's where felt came across the Brave New World, and uh, which was a, uh, a, a huge part of, uh, I feel, as a, the, a lot of foundation of what, uh, the way I carry myself now as far as looking out for, for, for different things for people. Um, as well as, as the spiritual side, which as we know. But uh, now what I do is, uh, well, had a, you know, entrepreneur background in technology. Uh, but more recently, as about six years ago, I uh, jumped back into helping and assisting the veteran community. And this, this time is in the form of education, suicide prevention, suicide interdiction. And uh, the, uh, the, the education piece came by way of the VA home loan, uh, which us as veterans, we don't know about. Um, we don't know our own benefits, you know, which is, a, which is a damn shame. And that evolved into, uh, being able to, you know, fast forward today, six years later, now I get to travel the country and, uh, uh, educate, 
you know, active duty military units and senior leadership on transition, um, on uh, the benefits that that uh, service members have, have earned. Uh, and uh, also get to do that in traveling with uh, my buddy on, on the other show, on the Ron and John show, uh, which is SEAC uh, retired John Wayne Troxel, who is the, uh, he just recently retired as a senior enlisted advisor for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So essentially the most senior person in all of DOD who were able to uh, still get after that mission and and, uh, and and really look out and continue to be, be there with the troops. And obviously now that's evolved into, uh, at least for me, um, uh, another chapter of, of, of life and continuing to proactively help in veteran, the veteran space, military space, and then to continue to, to grow this brotherhood, right? And the things that we're talking about and being able to express, share, and um, be open about, hey, man, it's, it's, it's okay for men to get together. It's okay for, 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 to, to, for to, us to talk about things, talk about subjects, and be in a, uh, in a space of non-judgment and, and, and in a space that's, that's, that's open and, and sharing so we can discuss the triumphs um, and, and some of the valleys that, that we've experienced so we can share that amongst each other. So, yeah, man, we're looking forward to uh, jumping in and, and sharing more and, le- and learning more from you all. Absolutely. Yeah. Big ups. Big ups to my man. And look, man, I could, I, I could run down a list of all kind of stuff on you, man. Uh, you know, I call him Unc. This is my man, G-Hop. He's, like I said, he's a Seattle legend. And those of us that grew up as athletes, we kind of idolized um, all the dudes that came out of UW and the cats that came out of Wazoo. Um, and, you know, that was even before you really became a Seahawk fan. You knew your collegiate legends and you knew your high school legends. This is a very deep, small, super tied together athletic community out here. Uh, and, and, and this dude's name was always kind of resounding around all the different sports, football, basketball, track, so on and so forth. So I want to give give a mic to my dude, man. Go ahead and tell the people who you are, Hop. Talk to him. Well, first of all, it's a present and honor to be uh to be on uh, the Life Cheyenne's uh, podcast, um, and I'm very fortunate, and I appreciate the opportunity. Um, like you said, though, um, you know I'm born and raised here, 60 years. You know I'm a old day high school guy, you know, I got to throw that out, you know what I'm saying? And then I walked on to, <laughs> you know, like we, we always tease, we go back and forth because he's fair fair, way, baby. He's fair yeah. away, fair way, baby. Y'all know what so, it is, you know, man. Yeah. But, you know, it's the Irish in the house, right? So that's what we do. You know, we Irishmen, right? So, uh, you know, and I was uh, very, very fortunate to um, be able to walk onto the University of Washington back in 1979 and played uh, 79 to 83 um, and met some tremendous teammates um, examples are uh, Antoine Richardson, Sertuan, yes, you know, uh, took me under his wing, um, you know, Warren Moon, Mark Lee, uh, Doug Martin, uh, our late uh, Nesby Glasgow, yeah. um, rest in peace, baby. Rest and peace. so there's a whole host of other guys that I could, I, I mean, I could sit here and name on and on and on, but those particularly you know, I met those guys at the age of 17 and I'm 60 and we still get together. We still hang out. We still tell each other we love each other. We check on each other. And particularly in this time now with this pandemic going. So, you know, walking on and graduating from the University of Washington, um, Coach James asked me if I ever needed anything in life that uh, he would be able to help me. And uh, bless the man's soul as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one day, 
uh, I decided that I wanted to work television, but I never knew anything about television. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about television, but I just knew I wanted to work television because I played the game. I refereed the game. I refereed in the CBA. I've been in all of the NBA, summer pro leagues, the WNBA, FIBA, USA basketball, AAU basketball, division two, II, division three, high school. Like he said, the list goes on and on and on and on. Pro-am director. So, um, as I started working television, um, I knew a lot of the players. I knew a lot of the coaches and my, uh, Crew chief said, hey, man, we got you in the wrong position. I was actually working utilities. Didn't know how to coil or anything like that. So he said, we got to find you something else to do. And so I didn't know. I said, well, what else is there to do? You know, and, and you know, he said, well, you know, you could be uh, a spotter for the commentators. You know, you can be the first and 10 spotter where you, for those who don't know what that is, on each game, you know, they always show a blue line and a yellow line. So that's one line is the line of scrimmage. The next line is is where they need to get to get the first down. And I was doing good until that one year. God damn it. <laughs> University of Oregon came up here and they ran no huddle. I was so mad at chipping them, man, and I couldn't keep <laughs> up, man. And my man said, hey, man, you ain't doing too good today, man. <laughs> and I said, well, you get up here, you, you know, but so then I ended up becoming a red hat. So a red hat is the one that's on the field, um, about the 25 yard line, uh, depending on what stadium you're in, but you handle all the TV commercials. Um, so you're a liaison between the official crew as well as the producer and the assistant producer who are back in the truck. And I, in college, I keep the timeout actual time itself on the field um and then you know i let them know when we're a minute back 30 seconds back 15 seconds back and then i rewind the clock so play can resume so i do that in the pac 12 and also doing the nfl so i've been very fortunate to to work with all of the networks uh fox and cbs um espn uh, a little bit with nbc uh root sports is 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 my and that's that those folks are my people so, and I'm able to work Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, beach volleyball, you know, and then I have my own podcast. Absolutely. It's called The Grasshopper Show. <laughs> and, and and I started that and uh, I've got some shows that I've done. I've got some great folks I've had interviewed, you know, Hall of Famer, baseball player, uh, uh, Brett Barilero. Um, So when I work Major League Baseball, I usually take all my equipment and we do it on the last day of the series and we do it up in the press box because I do stats for baseball. So um, I do that. And then, uh, of course, you know, my boy Warren Moon, Hall of Famer. And, of course, my boy Sir Twan, you know, and and, and rest. And we still had I had Nesby on there, too. And I was very I love doing I love talking sports. Um, but the main thing about this being an athlete is once the playing days are over, there's so many different things that you can do in, in, in the game. Um, and, I, and I've done just about everything there is except be a general manager or, um, you know, head of scouting somewhere like that. But I don't know if I want to do that because being a red hat, I tell you, that's but that, 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 that to me, that's the best job in the world to have. And it's only one of me. So and it's not like there's 12 cameramen. You know, and they're fighting to get which camera they want to get. No, when I come in, I know where I'm at, 
And, and it's a real privilege and an honor because of the networks have that much trust and faith and believe in me. And so I just got to go out and execute and get all my timeouts in a quarter. But uh, other than that, just uh, the brotherhood that we have here of um, improving society, improving each other um, and making this place a better place for all of us and not just some of us uh, is what we stride and what we build on on a daily basis. And I mean, we're in the compound, long hours, smoking our cigars, talking, but it's real. Um, you know, we we have a good group of folks um, that we are constantly horning in and everyone is sharpening their skills and everybody's becoming the best that they can be. So when we step out, we're on Cheyenne's podcast, but we want to, like Cheyenne says, hey, man, this is A1. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. We have to act A1 all the time. It's not just a a sometime thing. It's all time thing. So we just love giving back to the community. And, and hey, I'm just happy to be here. Hey, give it up. Jihad. <laughs> hey, man, look, it, it, it's a it's a pleasure to have you all. And um, this this is the first show where I've had multiple guests. Um, and it's something I wanted to do again, just to kind of relax and chill. Um, there, there, there's nothing formulaic to this tonight. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just going to kind of lead the way that I typically do uh, on the show. But this will be the first time the show has this kind of of an experience. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So um, the idea is just, you know, we, we do what we do. Now, look, all y'all know that I dig deep because I've lived a crazy, deep, crazy life. And uh, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of my roots. I'm very proud of my heritage. I'm very proud of what I'm building. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of uh, the projection in the future where I'm going, organization with my brothers and just different ventures and endeavors that we got going on. And our whole ideology is just kind of built around supporting one another. And there's these unique ties in it all. You know, for instance, when he says Sir Tuan, that's actually our producer, my partner, Candace Richardson's dad, another amazing legend uh, in both sports and music um, with the main attraction. And so we have this interesting dynamic here in the Northwest for those of you brothers and sisters that's watching around the world and around the country. This is the most slept on corner in the country. Please understand the Northwest breeds giants. You know what I'm saying? And part of uh, one of our intentions is to start getting these stories out, start communicating, start sharing what it is that we do, not just within our talents and the products and stuff that we make, but just the essence of our get down, you know what I'm saying? The soul around those of us that have come out here and had to make a life. But that being said, I want to kick it off, man, because we're talking about brotherhood and we're talking about building with, with one another, man. So I want to I, I want to go to the ranger. I want to go to the to the military in the room. And I want to ask, you know, some very pointed questions when it when it comes to that, because I know as a matter of fact, last week, Brother Carl Mack used a term he said that is. Uh, normalized in the military, and, and he used the term ethos, and that with respect to that term, there's this understanding of never leaving a man out and always having kind of this intention for your brother, you know, for your fellow soldier. Right. From a ranger's perspective, what does brotherhood look like? Oh, man. Great question. Um, so... <laughs> As a ranger, I guess, <clears throat> let me step back and, and, and I guess describe a little bit what, what it 
take to become a ranger and then what that lifestyle looks like because there's two uh there's 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 two understandings of what a ranger is one as we say it in battalions it's, it's one is uh one is a school and, and one is the way of life right so you the tab is the school the scroll is the way of life hmm. and so uh the, the path is you go to your basic training you go to your your uh advanced individual training where you learn your job and you get past that and you go jump out of airplanes when you learn how to jump out of airplanes you go to ranger indoctrination program or what's now called rasp uh and now at that point it's uh you know uh three to to six weeks well for us it was three and a half weeks now it's about six to eight weeks long of you know can you make it can you make the squad can you make the team and um so for my class we started with 390 uh we graduated 90. Mm. Um, so out of 390 so you're missing 200. yeah you know what i'm saying right you know so excuse me you, you you're missing 300. 300. 300. um yeah. so that's that's crazy that's a crazy ratio yeah. Yeah. So damn near 400 cats show up and 90 make it out. Right, right, right. And then from there, it whittles down a little bit more. 30 of, 35 of us came up here to Second Range Battalion. Uh, six months later, there was about 12 of us left. Wow. What you have to understand is, is that in the Range Battalion, the Range Regiment, it's the only uh, unit that's uh, in the Army, really, that uh, you can get kicked out for what's called a re- release for standards. Um, other units in the army, it's like a corrective training. You're stuck with the unit, but here it's, it's not that way. And it's also all volunteer all the time. So at any point you could just say, you know, I quit mm. you know, and then you go to another regular army unit. So what we do, we call, you know, we're called triple volunteers, right? Join the military, jump out of airplanes and then do this, you know, whatever this mission is. Mm. So when, and, and with that is once you, once you get to battalion, then it's staying there. But, and we, we live by what's called the Ranger Creed. And the Ranger Creed, it's a, you know, it has five stanzas. Each Ranger knows it. We live by it. It's not a, uh, as uh, General McChrystal once said, it's not a poem. It's not just something that we just we say. It's literally a promise hmm. that we have um, amongst other other Rangers. And uh, you know, it, it, it ranges from the kickoff, recognizing that I volunteered as a Ranger, right? You know, it then goes into you know that stanza, acknowledge that I, you know. Uh, the hazards of my chosen profession right? mm. it goes into never shall I fail my comrades gallantly will I show the world that I am a specially selected and well-trained soldier energetically will I meet the enemies of my country and then you know last stanza is, is you know readily well display the intestinal fortitude required to fight on the range objective even though I've been a lone survivor right so all of these things or these ethos is, is, is we're never leaving anybody behind we're always going to be there for you that's something that is created you know obviously within the unit and amongst and, and for each other, but also when you get out, uh, because in, in just like 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 Jihad was talking about, you know, he still hangs out with, you know, with the with the squad. You know, they still mm-hmm. there's still that love. There's still everyone's looking out for each other. And um, that's, you know, it's 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 woven in the fabric of what it means to be a ranger. And so now being out, that's where we're talking about the suicide interdiction, the suicide prevention work. You know, when I got into that work, it wasn't. Oh, this is a cool organization. We could join it. I mean, we figured, no, it was literally my friends were killing themselves. And as a former communicator, you know, we put up with these things called talks or jocks, right? tactical operations centers. And, you know, so I basically knew how to do that. You know, we had access to social media. We knew where somebody, people were. 
and uh, basically became a, a, a communication center, dispatching teams, dispatching resources. Uh, but that could wear on you, right? I mean, right. That, it's not like I'm trained to be a medical or, or a, a mental health professional. I just wanted to, I just knew that I had to be there for my brothers. Mm. And that um, echoes because other brothers are doing the same thing and so on and so forth. So when you, when you ask, you know, how deep is that, man, it's, it's, it's to the point to where you'd, you'd kill or die for, for, a, for another ranger. I could go right now. I could take off in, a vehicle, in, in this Tahoe out here and drive from here to the Pacific Northwest all the way to, to Florida and just, just say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in the town. Is any rangers in here? And I could couch surf. I could get a, a cooked meal. I could, I could get a hug. I could get a, a, a stick. I could get a drink and want for nothing and not even know these cats. Right, right. That's heavy. Which is, which is, which is crazy, right? Um, all be, because of that. Uh, that camaraderie, that brotherhood. But we know where we came from. We know what it takes. We know where we're at, how, how it has that we move forward. And not to say that other units aren't that way, but that's one of the special things. And I think, you know, others in the military, in, on the Army specifically, would say, yeah, that's that's them cats. They're, 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 they, they stick together. Right. That's the, the brotherhoods and the essence is personified through the Rangers right. at, at, at maybe the most endearing or, the, you know, the most... Uh, viable levels if you would right. I, you know it, it's interesting when i when i'm hearing this because uh you know it's very important to me you know in civilian life it feels like there's this disconnect mm-hmm. with, with 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 these notions you know what I'm saying the culture suffers from an inability to have that kind of empathy for one another and amongst one another and you know and i want to i want to i want to you know spin this off into your world from a from a different perspective, you know, I think I asked you this yesterday or the day before or something, you know, as as, as an in-game, you know, referee, you know, as someone that's judging in the moment mm-hmm. what's right and what's what, you know, what's wrong mm-hmm. and having to deal with all the responses of it and blah, blah, blah. I think I asked you something like, you know, what does refereeing allowed you to see about people or about, you know, about the culture? Uh, for, you know, from a brotherhood standpoint as a former athlete and now as a ref, as a judge on the field, you know, a trusted middleman between the player and the networks and the, that whole construct. How, how do you see brotherhood, you know, from through, through those uh, mutual lenses? Well, the way I look, the way I approach it is that I try to be. First of all, mentally prepared for anything that may go on. And when I say mentally prepared, if, if anything that happens, uh, player gets hurt, you got a hot head player, you can't get a timeout in, and all of that, you got to stay calm. Hmm. You got to stay calm. You got to be consistent. And then you just got to be honest because there's, we're all human. Absolutely. And, and, Nobody's perfect. And when you get and you ref at all of the levels that I have refed at, the pace gets faster the higher the level you go. Hmm. So as the pace quickens, then there's a greater chance of more errors occurring, hmm. missing calls, not being to get in the right position to make the calls. And, and as an official, 
number one thing is you got to always be in the right position. If you miss the call, that's some time they, they go with you a little bit. They, they don't, but you don't make the call and you're not in the right position to make the call, then that just complicates matters. Right. Because now you lose the faith of your crew that you're working with. Hmm. Because, you know, when I first started officiating, it was two-man mechanics. And then now it evolved to where it's three-man mechanics. And the reason why it has evolved to the three-man mechanics is because, particularly in the men's game, everything is above the rim and it's extremely quick. The NBA is the fastest, fastest game there is. Hmm. NFL is fast. But that NBA, you, 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 you don't get your head around, you don't get down where you're supposed to be and referee the defense and let it come in and see the whole play. You know, you you <laughs> you get your ass in a <laughs> you get your ass in some quicksand. <laughs> I ain't never been in no real real quicksand, but I've been in some quicksand in them battles uh, uh, on them courts. Yeah, and and the main thing is you got to learn to trust each other as a crew. You got to be able to s- support each other as a crew, even if that person might not be as strong as the other two, or I've been to where I've been the strongest one. Well, you, the lead official, help them out. Right. And it gets to a point to where if I'm helping them out, that means I'm not in my primary. Right. So if I'm not in my primary and somebody gets hit with an elbow, okay, and we go back down on on the other end of the court, and then my man chucks him with the illegal screen, now we got hell hmm. because now I got to, I got to control. I got to control that. I got to control the coaches. I got to, I, I got to identify who's the disruptors in the game. I got to talk to them. I try, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a uh, psychology. It's, it's learning how to deal with people. And sports is one of the most competitive temperamental professions to be in. Right. Because it's all about winning. Hmm. And if they feel as me as a referee, if I cause them to lose, hmm. they're going to be on me. But my rebuttal is I don't dribble. I don't shoot. I don't pass. I don't call timeouts. I don't I don't shoot free throws. I just try to be in the best position I can. Right. And and basically, I'm a peacemaker, hmm. if you want to call it that. Right. But I have to also make sure, like we talked about the other day, is that if I call this type of foul on this end of the court, I better damn sure make sure that I make that same type of call on this end of the court. So now I create some consistency in the game, whether they agree with my calls or not. But then what it does is it eases everybody because now they know that I'm fair. Hmm. That's deep. That's deep because it, it immediately makes me draw parallels to life, right? That's right. Like when I hear when I when I'm when I'm bouncing both of you yeah. in these experiences, right? You got this this deep commitment, and, and in this case, life and death, right? Um, and I think this is why veterans, you know, deserve um, a lot of honor and merit and respect because the mere notion 
of volunteering in the first place. That's right. Is I, that that that's a tremendous thing, and 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 then from within that, you got these other in in your case, and and all the other uh, brother rangers out there. You got these steps of more volunteering aspects, but they're guarding each other's life, and kind of a fraternal bond, mm-hmm. you know, gets built. Mm-hmm. And then I'm listening to your perspective, and I, and I'm thinking because sports mirrors life a lot. Oh, definitely. Um, but you're in the seat of like, if I had to pull that in life, you kind of be like a police officer. You're kind of like, um, you know, you you you're you're. You're a penalizer. Yes, right. Um, you're also there to make sure certain people don't get hurt. That's right. Um, you're there to respond That's to right. people That's right. that get hurt. That's right. You're there to say a foul is a foul or mm-hmm. this is that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting for, for for the listeners to kind of take that in. I'd be interested in hearing what some of, you know some of you guys feel or how you would want to comment uh, on, on how I'm kind of drawing this parallel. But I think it could also bring and bridge a healthy perspective on how we can even look at law enforcement in, in certain regards. And moreover, what can law enforcement learn from referees? That's right. From You know what I'm saying? From from that kind of perspective of how you just drop, you know, your sense of fairness, mm-hmm. right? Uh, your sense to be equitable on the game, on the game field, that you're not there to be in any form of favoritism. That's right. You're there to make sure the integrity of the game. That's right. Um, is you know, walked out in a particular kind of way. Right. And just imagine, you know, if we're living life in a ranger code, you know, if the ranger code could be in the family. Yes, right. I had a conversation. I forget who I was talking to, man. This is a a couple weeks back. I want to hear y'all's perspective on it. But I was talking about from an entrepreneur's perspective, you know, working with brands and things that I've learned in in building business um, and and some of the um, ideology that comes with, you know, loyalty and commitment and just, you know, seeing things through no matter what the circumstance. Um, and that it seems that there's an essence missing out of family that's very common in life. Yes. Like, you know, people's commitment to a job. Yes. People's commitment to building something, to building a brand or watching, you know, ha- watching something, you know, come to life or be built versus what may or may not be happening in the home. That how how is it we lose the principles in domestic life that are so easy to apply in career life or in our professional mm-hmm. efforts? What do y'all think the disconnect is? Is it that the family doesn't have the brand? You know, does relationships not have the proper brand? Um, you know, or the the the, the proper um, essence attached to it that says. There's something that comes with it. If I see a commercial from the armed forces, I think it's the Marines that has the the old school, a few good men. Right. Yeah. Right. right? That's deep. I love that. I love that shit. You know what I'm saying? Just on the surface, it's like, yo, that's a cold piece right there. That's that's what it's about. And I can also say this is true um, in circles I've ran in the hip hop culture. I think I think hip hop brought that kind of brotherhood brand to the record label. Yes. Essence. You know, yes. you, you've seen it walked out. Whether you're talking to Death Row or Bad Boy or Rap a Lot or you know what I'm saying any any of these uh, you know Def Jam, there was this there was this uh, energy that man this, you know this is our crew this is this who we roll with this is family, but what do you guys think is the disconnect between domestic life relationships families households neighborhoods 
versus what we see in the commitment to professional pursuits? Well, I, the way I see it is I'm 60 years old, so I've seen a lot. I've seen, and I'm born in 1960. So I've been around and I, 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 I watched the Black Panthers formulate. I, I, I saw what they stood for, what they fought for. Um, I've seen just about everything there is. I've seen the, the drug dealers. I've seen the good families. I've seen the bad families. And then, you know, one of the, the key things is, is that when the crack came a part of the world, it took a lot of the fathers out of the homes. Hmm. And if you look back in the 60s and the 70s, I think you had a more population of males than you had females. And I'm not trying to be sexist or anything, but a lot of those men or young men or boys didn't get the opportunities to become great. They got in a little trouble, did some wrong things, and they really just, society really just, and from what I saw, didn't really care. It was There was a way of like trying to eliminate us. I mean, we might as well keep it real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now you have kids that are being raised, but they're being raised by their mom because there's no dad in the family. Now, don't get me wrong. I was raised by a single mom. My mom did the best job that she could do. But still, being a young black man, a young black boy, that you still needed that positive male figure in the home. You know, um, I was very fortunate that I've had a lot of godfathers. I've had a lot of uncles. Um, that 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 raised me as if I was theirs, um, and I thank them to this day. But also in doing that, there is a level of responsibility that I must uphold hmm. to show my appreciation. But not only show my appreciation, but set the pattern, set the standards. Um, I was married. I, Got divorced. My son is 29, but at no time during the divorce did I ever stop having the number one responsibility of taking care of my son each and every day. So, so you're saying you poured you poured some of the some of that that was given to you and some of those attributes that you got as an athlete. You kept that in, in your role as a as a pops. Right. And, and pour it in, in, into your son. And you, you, you have to. Yeah. Because being an athlete, just like the ranger over there, just like you being your entrepreneur, it's not a sometime thing. Right. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a constant day to day, 24 7, 365 year, uh, uh, days out the year that there is a battle that we have to go through. You know, I, I've, 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 I've worked for government. You know, I, uh, and, you know, you go through that and you get you get co-workers that that are jealous or envy you or don't understand how can you come work an eight hour job or a nine hour job. But you still have enough energy to go out and mentor kids and coach 
and work television and and do do other things. That was just my 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 philosophy was is you always reach back and you give back. You can't you can't worry about that. I made it. Therefore, I don't need to worry about these young ladies over here, these young men over here, these mothers over here, or even these fathers that are over here that just need some somebody to sit down and talk to them and say, hey, look, man, you were able to do one of the greatest things in life. You were able to have a child. Not everybody can have kids. Right. But well, the, the thing I want to lean on before I, before I pass the mic to Ron is just the way you said that. Just the, the, the passion behind your eyes, the tone in which you said that is that's the brand I'm talking about. That's right. That it, it seems like that energy. Oh, yeah. Is, you know, it, you know, you have it. Right. 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 But not everybody You're has right. it. And, and I think the spillover in society has become very clear because, again, the, the, the question remains, what's domestically off that's professionally on? You know what I'm saying, and yeah. uh, what, what what do we lose in between that? What's what's your thoughts on that? Being a ranger and having that brotherhood code, and just I love how you broke that down. You could get in the whip right now, you could travel from here all the way to Florida, and you know all along the way, all you got to do is put the bat signal out, and your ranger bros is gonna be like, "Yo, what's up? Where you at?" And you ain't never even met them before, but there's gonna be this response ability for them to you know connect to you. Where's that at in the community in, in, in your eyes? You know, that's a great question again. Um, I think, you know, when, when we look at, uh, let's say, you know, PTSD, for example, right? That's the, the big thing in the veteran community. And, and I, 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 there's all sorts of trauma. I mean, I, I think I've, you know, we, we probably had that. You know, growing up, absolutely. You know, uh, before even you know, put up my first pair of boots of of, of combat boots on. But the 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 interesting part on that is, you know, that impact of trauma and what's going on then, and who's around you when those things happen. Um, in in the ranger community, you're you're going through so much shit just to get there just to wear a piece of cloth, just to be around and amongst the best of the best. And um, in, as a ranger, you realize really quickly that it's not an individual sport, right? Mm. It's, 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 a, it's something that you, you have to get that object, find out to that objective. It's something that, that you're literally looking up for the, for the, for the man or woman to the left and the right. And rangers, it's, it's, it's opened up now, but it's, it's, it's whose is that right. to your left and to your right. And I'll, I'll say this, uh, my, uh, my, my, my good friend, John Wayne Troxel says on the worst day of his life, when a, um, an, an Iranian, uh, penetrator blasted through his striker, uh, a vehicle instantly killing his, uh, his RTO. And I believe the forward observer is, is, is paralyzed to this day. And he's laying on top of, of them, protecting them with his body. He didn't give a damn who was on the other end of that. He just knew that somebody was coming. They were an American or they were an ally coming to save them. And that bond that was created that day for them, that's something that they'll never forget. They're there. That's, that's, that's just brings them together. And then how do you get through life and through things after that? And I think with, with the, in, in, in the, in the home, 
it, you know, for the, for the most part, there's a lot of trauma going on mm-hmm. so consistently, but there's never really that, ah, oh, we made it. There's never really that, oh, the helicopters are here. Okay. We have that feeling of, okay, we, we've been, through, I mean, cause you're, you're fighting, you might be week to week trying to get some food. I mean, that's how I came up. You know, mm-hmm. we came up. It was mm-hmm. like, so right. there's that right. constant, damn, is this, is this ever going to change? Is that, you know, so there's never, at least in, in my experience, there's not a whole lot of points of, of victories. Hmm. Right. And, and, and even when, so, and, and, when you forge that into the combat, you forge that into, you know, the realistic training, whatever it may be, there's in the, in the military, you're sharing those hardships, but you're also sharing the laughs. It, it could be a shitty day and you're crying together. And those are things you remember. Right. Um, and, and so there you feel a sense of, for whatever reason, a sense of duty, a sense of that sense of commitment. I've got to be there for them. And then it becomes, you know, as a, it used to be for me as a ranger, it was like, okay, this is all we know. It's just living behind this brown fence. You know, we they, they hit us from everybody. We weren't supposed to know we were, we were in certain areas, so on and so forth. But then as I've been been doing these travels recently and seeing all the branches and how they interact and how they work. And so we, the one of the references we used the, I used just the other day was the, was the tip of the spear, right? The tip of the spear. It's typically known as, okay, your special operations, your heavy heart hitters in the front, the tip of the spear. But the thing is, is that what makes up the entire military, and I'm going to open this up from expanding it from Rangers to the rest of the military, is for that tip of that spear to be able to make its mark, make that impact in that wound, it has to have the rest of the staff. It has to be aerodynamically done. It has to be melded and put together. So now, you know, with that, now you have something, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you've, now you've got that. And, and to me, that's, and that's the community. That is the, the, the military. That is the, the veteran community of what, you know, and we're only good as, as what we, uh, you know, that, that spear mm-hmm. is only as good as, as the blacksmith that, that forged that steel, mm-hmm. the materials that are made up of that. The, the, you know, what kind of wood is that that's going to be flying through the air so it doesn't break apart in, in, in mid flight? So all of, I, all that to say is that, that when it, when it breaks out to, okay, my brothers and my sisters in the military, yes, they are. And they always will be because I know these hardships. I know what we've been through. I know what they've been through. I know that they've, they've, they've had those triumphs. And that's something that the family at home, we immediately feel that they don't understand that. They don't understand what we've been through. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't want them to know what we've been through. Right, we don't right. want to share those hardships because they can't handle that shit. Right. They wouldn't be able to really compre really comprehend. Right. Uh so and, and that goes whether that be on the battlefield or on the gridiron. Right. Right. right? right. And, and and it's it's a it's so so that begins and creates those bonds that are for life because it makes an indelible mark in our spirit and our soul. On, on those moments that we had with those individuals. Right. And we look back on those as, as either they're painful memories, they're laughing, and, and then we have those triumphs. Yeah. That, that, I, I love that. I, that's a great perspective to have. I, um, you know, in all my years of dealing in the community and, and dealing with work, um, the way that I've gone about doing it, the perspective I've always had is, number one, I, I, you know, I come from a big family. I'm a middle child of five boys. And our our dad gave us kind of uh 
written and unwritten rules to <laughs> yeah Carlos Chuck Henry ain't no joke shout out to Pops ain't no joke I know if my brothers if my family see this y'all know what it is um, but but there was this expectation that you better you better I better not catch you not holding it down when I ain't around and you already know what it is when I am around. Right. And, you know, that really took to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I know it did to all my brothers on a certain level, you know, but I know for me, you know, as an adult, you know, being in my forties, having all the experiences that I've had, um, my, my, my thought processes in life mm -hmm. are centered around those loyal bonds and that sense of, I got you. Amen. Amen. And, 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 and one of the factors in there was, and this has played out in my life, the moment I know you don't got me, well, then Oof. it's offense and defense now. There it is. Yeah. Because I, now I can't even, I can't even trust. I can't, I can't, you know, my wiring is such that it's like, that's what you don't do. Right. I think love has this premise in its truth that is designed to be unconditional. Right. right. And the reason why I think it's just the way I kind of this is my opinion this right. is the way I've right. I've kind of factored it for myself. The reason why it's unconditional, it should be unconditional is because none of us until we get to a certain state in ourself can predict conditions. Sure. We're not we're not right. we're, we're born into. Yeah conditions we didn't necessarily create. And so there's this kind of, you gotta have the ability to love through the trying moments, the trying times and so on and so forth. Until someone gets to that point where they're like, man, fuck y'all, you know, this is what I'm on and you know, the hell with you and whoever else comes with it. And I think a lot of that has happened in, in the American fabric of family and friendships and relationships for whatever reason. Right. And, and, and some of which, Hey man, maybe rightfully so. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you do just got to go that way or go this way. Um, but I, I think that when you get into to these perspectives and through these particular lenses, um, when you're talking whether whether it's military, whether whether it's sports, whether it's business building and entrepreneurship, there's this commitment to a goal. And so what I started realizing in the community is, man, the thing that bonds people together is this, the goal. That's right. That's right. right. So when I would go into schools and I, you know, I started dealing with, with kids every level, middle school, high school, college, man, what's your goal? What, it, what are you going to do with this? And who's thinking about that? Because most of the times when you're in the moment, it's like, I'm trying to pass the test. I'm trying to pass this class. I'm trying to get through practice. I'm trying, you know, you just in the, you're in the run of the middle of the moment. You know what I'm saying? You're not really seeing the macro vision of life like man this is where i'm going and sometimes you could be seated and i used to say this i used to love it i would tell kids they're like yo look at them cats next to you some of y'all super jocks and i was one of we was all one of them that's right that's you know right sometimes you don't know you sit next to a super nerd yes who's super smart yes in ways that you're not you don't got that same creative talent yes. and you don't know right now in that moment even though you big dog mcgraw 
that cat is about to go on and do boom, 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 boom. He just want to hang out with you today. Yeah. Or she just wants to, you know, say what's up to you. Right. But you too cool. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Your cool right. game is so nice right. that you can't see that. So I would challenge them to look at the person next to you in the classroom, across the gym, across the hall. You have no idea who that's going to become. That's right. And same thing, vice versa. Right. You know, you might be academically excelling. Don't think for one minute because them grades over there don't compare to yours. Right. That he or she won't become something. That's right. That's even right. Even though you didn't, you know, right. you've excelled and you, you know, yeah. you're 4.0 and you this, that, and the third. Yeah. And this cat that couldn't even graduate is now a billionaire. Right. Yeah. Right. We have to have the understanding somehow. How do we, how do we create dynamics that bond us? to some kind of a goal so that communities can flow in a way that mirrors the brotherhood and the ranger and mirrors the responsibility of a ref in yeah. a game. Yeah. Nobody's talking to referees oh, no. No, after the, no. the game. Oh, no. You know, unless y'all is in trouble and shit. Yeah, and, yeah, that, yeah. And, and, and let's keep it real. Y'all done fucked up a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? Y'all done <laughs> fucked up a lot of games. But, 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 but you've also... Because with the because because with with someone losing, someone won. That's right. That's right. Right. That's right. That's so right. there's a con, there's a there, there's a balance there. Um, but going back to you, you know what I'm saying? How do you ref life? Like if you could tell law enforcement right now from a referee's perspective, right? What would you give to our local police officers? Um, hell even all the way up to our federal agents and anyone wearing a badge. I don't care if you're just doing security at a nightclub or you monitoring a parking lot or, you know what I'm saying, you you on the beat or you you chasing down a murderer or you a bounty hunter or any, anyone with that badge who's referee in life, what advice would you give to them? Well, the first thing I would tell them is you got to be relaxed and don't be so hasty to create or aggravate or initiate the situation. And what I mean by that is, okay, there yeah, he's driving down the lane. He got bumped a little bit. Okay. Well, let me kind of see what this kind of player is. Cause I'm not gonna bail him I'm not gonna bail his ass out every time. I'm not gonna bail her out every time. You know, they come down the lane. Right. Right. That that shit don't work with me. Okay. Okay. That shit don't work with me. Yeah. So you ain't going for the exaggeration. I I ain't going for none of that bullshit. Right. Because in a game sense, somebody might be trying to get you to just not be a thorough ref. That's right. And give them an advantage. That's right. Okay. That's deep. That's right. That's deep. So, so, so when you, when you, when you flip the script and now you're talking about a police officer, you know, the, the one thing that a referee and a police officer have is something that we all have, but they take it to a whole nother level. And it's a fucking eagle. Hmm. And the eagle is, I got the stripes on. I'm the motherfucker in charge. You're going to do it my way or not. Same thing with an officer. Yeah. I got the badge. I got the gun. I got the handcuffs. I got the billy club. If you don't do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it, I got I got fat. Yeah, I, I got something I can hit you with, shoot you with, handcuff you with, slam you on the car, 
Right. And then I got my partners like looking around like ain't nothing happening. That's equivalent to throwing the flag, technical, just, foul. technical foul. You kicked out you of kicked, the game. You kicked out of the game. It's the, <laughs> it's the same. That's deep. You know, or I'm working with three, two other officials, and I know this, this fucker here, man, he's an asshole. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let him hang himself on the, in the game. Because the, the 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 number one thing as a referee, even though you have a referee, you have a um, you have a you have you have a you have a you have a referee, you got an umpire, you one and a you two. Okay. Daryl Garrison, the late Daryl Garrison, my mentor, told me that he said, I don't care if I put you at a U three or U two. If I put you at a YouTube and you working with the referee and you working with guys that got 15 years of, of, of experience in the NBA, this guy over here got 28 years. I'm trying to get one year. Right. So the objective is, is to ref the game as if you are the crew chief. Interesting. So when you're the crew chief, you are responsible for your entire crew. Hmm. So out in the streets with the police officers, you have your captains, you have your sergeants, you have your lieutenants, you have your, you know, it go, and it goes on and on and down, right? So if I'm the leader that I know that I am, right, I got to teach my guys to be able to perform at this level. But when they perform at this level, we're still, we're still cool, calm, and collect. Right. We're not haste. We're not. We're not scared. We're not ready to just pull our guns out because, what is the main objective we're all trying to do in life? We're all trying to get compliance. We're all trying to get along with each other. You ain't got to like me, right? But you got. You're gonna respect me, right? Right. And 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 so that that word respect goes a long way, and it's it's very powerful. But now. When you look at police police officers and the things that they're doing, they have no respect. Hmm. They have no respect, nor do they even care about having respect. And that's the part that gets me. But me as a crew chief, I want respect all 24-7 because I'm a leader. I'm not just a leader in this game that I'm refereeing or this television game that I'm working. I'm a crew chief when I walk out that stadium because I still got to deal with everyday life. I still got to get up, go to work. Right. I got to I gotta take care of my son. I got to take, and most importantly, I got to take care of me. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm curious because, you know, this, this, is, this, is, this is deep. Right. Yeah. And could it be that in some cases, uh, law enforcement, refereeing, being a ranger, being an entrepreneur, um, are the best of us entering these spaces? Are are, are you know are we overloaded? You know, in other words, that mentality that you have. Right. I think we go a long way in policing. Yes. But like I mentioned about community, even the police, just like the referee, you, you, you can't control conditions. Correct. Right. You, you show up at a game 
and it's drizzling rain and rain turns to hail and hail turns to snow. Yes. It just makes the game tougher. That's right. You know, same thing in life. You know, you comb through a neighborhood you unfamiliar with. You don't know what's going on. I, You know, I'm not mad at them cats for being scared for their own. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you on that. The, the, the question becomes, is that the best of us out there doing the work? Not necessarily. See, because... Because the question that I have is, be it military, be it refereeing, be it law enforcement, be it whatever, if we're not empathetic with a, with, with a brotherhood mentality, you use the term respect, mm-hmm. right? Um, and again, I go back to what, what Ron said about throwing up the bat signal t- to, the, to the Ranger brothers and them just, you know, be, being on site. I know referees have a code amongst each other. I know officers have a code amongst each other. Hell, we as cigar smokers, we, have, we, we got a code. We got a code amongst each other. Yeah. There's a respect. Yeah, that's right. That comes with it. That's right. Where is that in the community? And could it be suggested that if it was in the community, as a community grows up and matures to go take these positions, like yourself, because you played the game. Right. You know what you're out there looking for. Right. You know how to communicate with the players because you played. Right. Right? So you got, there's an empathy. Right. There's little yous out there. Right. Playing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not always the case. No, it isn't. You got referees that ref stuff that they've never played. Yes, you do. Right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 don't get, don't get me started. Don't get me started. I couldn't let that one yeah, you ain't, you ain't, Boy, you ain't lying, boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you know what I'm saying? This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Yeah, hey, 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 ain't nothing wrong with it. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. I needed that laugh, too. Yeah, man. yeah. Uh, but y'all know what I'm saying, man. It's like, I'm not saying we're going to sit up here and solve the world's problems. I'm just saying that I think the dialogue, you know, has to move into seeing things through these through these multiple lenses to try to figure out, man, what is what is the cause and the effects of all this all this stuff that's going on and and how do we move past it? And what, what can we pluck from what's in the best of us and apply? I think it's. Number one, when, you, when we're talking about, you know, essentially we're talking about his best practices, right? What's the best practices of, of, of this or this, this subject, this subject, this, you know, military, so on and so forth, and applying that to society and our and community. Um, I think number one is, unfortunately, in community and in all households, not everybody wants to step up to that challenge. Not everybody Ooh. wants to actually Ooh. be and do those things. Right. Not everybody has what it takes to say, I'm going to do put my, my myself physically, mentally, and emotionally in a, in a, in a position that is going to make me better. And because why it's, it's, it's painful. It hurt. I mean, man, getting starting 390, dropping 90, we dropped 150 before the class even started. Wow. Mental. Yes. Right. They, in all the, all those things. So, so one is you for using Rangers as this particular example. Okay. You have those ones that they get there, 
that they want to be there. And that's the thing is, is that we wanted to be there. Right. You can't you, like, like we can leave at any time. You know, you're going through and doing the, the, the harshest things that you've ever done. You know, you're seeing, you know, folks get hurt. Your, your brother's getting shot, all types of shit. You know, the, 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 the wear and tear in the family. But you don't want to leave because you want to be amongst the best. That's right. Now, it's also with that is is communication because, you know, for example, Rangers, they, they've, you know, been um, activated and deactivated for the last few hundred years. Most recently was 1974 when the when the. The battalions were formed back in 74, all the way to regiment and everything what it is now. There's been evolution. There's been changes. There's been things to make it better. Uh, and, and, and we communicate and we talk about that. What can we do to be better than we were before? The game itself. I mean, the way that athletes train, right? From mm-hmm. back then to what they're doing now. Right. Like, like, you know, uh, uh, there's cats that have been in the military 20, 25 years. Oh, I remember when I had a run in combat boots. So shit, man, now. Why the hell would you do that? Right, that doesn't right. make no sense. Right. So it's uh, but but those communi- that, that communication happened to make it make things better. I just don't think that people want to step up and oh to to aspire to to always want to be at be that way and to change, which is a shame because then it's like, well, how do we get people to want to to be better? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we how do we do we do we pull them up? What's you know is there you know are there enough examples? Of those that have said, "Hey, this is what happens with that hard work," and what does that hard work mean to that person? That's Variables. True. I mean, it's yes, yeah. yes, and I think that goes back. And again, you know, I've said this 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 term on my show several times: a meritocracy. You know, the the, the this this notion, you know, this country is got these moving aspects that that I think are constitutionally soulful. Right. You take a term like the right to pursuit of happiness. Right. Yes. Man, look, for a cat like me, that's deep. Come on, man. man. That's that's, yes. That's deep. Yes. Right. Because whatever happiness may mean to any, you know, one person, you know, could could scale in all kinds of ways. But um, the right. Yeah. To pursue that happiness. Right. The 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 science of choice. Yes. Right. Yes. And then we all know. Conditionally, right. Choice is subject to options. Yeah, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So if I only have because of the conditions so many options, right, then my 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 choices are limited. Very limited. Very. So limited. now I'm scaling happiness down, or my pursuit of it into these available resources that you boxes. Have. Yes, that, right. That that are affected by resources or yes. lack thereof or, or, yes. or what have you. And so you got this weird matrix at play, but at the same token, it's like, <laughs> you want to be the best though. For some of us, we right. want to be the best. That's right. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm going too far off the ledge here. Maybe what's best to someone else is to not be the best. That's right. You know, and so far as how we see it. In other words, maybe their greatest point of happiness or their greatest goal is, man, I just I just wanted to, you know, get an apartment and right. You know what I'm saying? Watch me some TV every night at six o'clock and you, you know what I'm saying? So as as a father, right? Yes. I'll, I'll bring I'll, I'll bring my, my, my daughter into in, into this one. It's uh, well, uh, it's my baby girl. My baby girl. Shit, boy. Right. Tell me right. about it, boy. <laughs> 
you know, so and, and she's my biggest cheerleader. She seen me. She yes. seen me flying high. She right. seen me crashing down in flames. And she right. also seen me put the plane back together and take off in a fucking rocket. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. And she's always there. Dad, I'm so proud of you. Love what you're doing. So right. on and so forth. So, you know, it would be a disservice to my to my child if I didn't apply the same um, advice, counseling, love, commitment to her as I would to any of my Ranger brothers or any mm. other veterans that are out there. Absolutely. So what does that mean? Okay, well, hey, here's, let me, she says, for example, oh, I wish I had some more time to myself. I wish I could, you know, go and, and, and travel and, and, and uh, work remotely and do these things. So I said, oh, psh, hey, <laughs> I got you. Yeah. I've got that blueprint, in fact. That's right. Let me let me lay this out for you. Here's what this looks like. Here's what this looks like. Let's look at get you your real estate license. Okay, here. Get me, let me pay for that. Go ahead and, and do that. Right. Let, let's, uh, uh, you need to get your credit up. Hey, I've got a little class was put together. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Guess what? She didn't pursue any of that shit. Now, it wasn't because she didn't want to, maybe. It was, it was, it seemed like a good idea. I brought her around these, 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 some very powerful players, young professionals. Mm-hmm. But you know what she wants to do? She wants to write poetry. She wants to, you know, pursue, uh, uh, music. Mm-hmm. She wants to, um, and, and she, she has a great job that, uh, uh, that sustains her to do these, some of these other mm-hmm. things. But for her, she's like, this is what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to do. This That's is what right. it's not. So, so I can, I, I've learned is that. I can't put my conditions and what I think is success and what think is what I think is going to be right for her because it don't fit her. It right. don't fit for everybody. Right? Right. It don't right. fit her social construct. Right. So right. What she That's wants right. to do and share That's with right. her life. So I have to take a step back and say, "Word, let me, what do you, you know? Let me just support you." Right. That's deep. Yeah. Let me just support you, and that's and that's the best thing that I can do right now with her. Right. Mm-hmm. Until she figures that shit out, she's twenty two years old. Yeah, yeah she don't yeah. know. You know, she really know she, yeah, she, she, you know, she didn't. She, and so she's figuring that out, and that's, yeah. and that's, and that's, you know, and and and, but she knows. Hey, if if I have a question on this, if I want to start a business, so on and so forth, I got, I got. Right. You know? That and, and I think that's where the wisdom is at. And I love that. And of course, I know I've known her since she was a yeah. oh, yeah. little, little girl, and just a, always has been a sweetheart. She every time I've ever seen her, I mean, it's, she, she's got a lot of your she got mom's energy, too. But she got a lot of your just that positive kind of flow is uh, is it, she wears it. Um, but on, on the wisdom of that, it's like at the same time, you know, and I, I'm learning this as as a parent. And I already knew this within myself that, OK, if you do want to enter an arena that I know about. Music, yes. sports, business, blah, blah, blah. The thing I can't do for you is make that industry or make that element or make those conditions switch to you and how you see it. Right. So if you're going to enter it, it's like you got to damn sure play this game. Now, you might, you, you know, it's one love. You figure it out. You find out what it is you want to do. Right. But I can't make that campus conform to you. And I can't make, um, you know, industry conform yes. Yes. to you right. as bad as I want to right. and wish I could, you know what I'm saying? Right. So there's that, there's that, yeah, okay. yeah do your thing and, fi- and figure out what you got. But at some point, unless you're inventing something completely 
unknown. Yes, right. That's where right. you're writing the rules. That's right. And in many ways we can. Yeah. That's right. Lord knows I've written mine. You've written yeah. some of your own. Yes. And you've written some of your own. Right. That's how that's how we here doing shit like this. That's right. Right. But what do you do when they want to do something, but they don't totally know what it takes and what it's going to, you know. Let, you, me, let me throw this one thing out because this actually just happened. Okay. Two weeks ago. Okay. Don't mean to put your business out there, baby girl, but we, we, we're going there. Right? <laughs> okay. Uncle Shy, I love you. Uncle Shy, I love you. Hey, I'm going to It's all good. It's all good. It's all and, good. And, and this is where it, 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 I, I pipe in with that, with that communication is, is, you know, understanding, motivating, and guidance. So is she wanted to, I'm going to go to California. Okay, cool. When are you doing that? Three months. Word. Okay. And so her mother calls me up. She's like, I oh, can you believe this, this, that. I say, hey, just, just calm, calm down, man. This, this, <laughs> it's going to be all right. Calm, calm down. Talk it to. I'm going to have dinner with her friend. I'm going to sit down and talk about it. So I had her. Here, sweetheart. Here's my notebook. Here's the paper. We're just going to, I'm just going to cook and I'm going to rattle a couple things off. Okay. You want to move to LA? Okay. That's going to be about at least 2,500. Yeah. At least per month. Okay, so you have first months, first months, last months in deposit. That's right. Oh, oh shit. Okay, well that's sixty five hundred, right? Yeah. What, off the rip. Off the rip. Right, right. Okay. Off, off the rip. rip. Okay. You haul truck to get down there. Yeah. A thousand. Well, we're gonna take two. Okay. Well, that's gonna be two thousand. Okay, we're gonna take one. Okay. How about gas? Five hundred dollars for that. Okay. Easy. How about food? How about this? Okay. Got all this. This so it came up to like thirteen thousand to get there. Okay. Then I'm like, okay, now. You know, you're moving to California, state taxes. How much do you plan on making a month? How much do you plan on making a month? By the time it was all whittled down, they had $200 left over for the month. Right. And now they were like, ooh, guess we didn't really. Okay. Well, now, it's it, I, I didn't shoot the dreams down. Right. I didn't say don't do it. Right. I just said, hey, if you're going to do it, at least let me show you something of what you need to do to prepare. Right. So that 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 you know, if these conditions aren't suitable, at least you at least you know, right? You know, right? Because, it, and I and I, I don't like to categorize in, in, uh, generations, but it's it's coming to a point where not everyone's planning. If you if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, regardless right. of where you are in life. All good. In, in addition to that. What we have to do is we have to recircle the wagon. And in this case, the ranger did because it all starts in the home. Yes. And so for everyone to be successful, it has to create in the house. Okay. So, so you're saying, and I want you, I want, don't, don't lose that train, but I'm trying to draw a parallel for, okay. for the peoples. Are you saying it's important that you learn how to referee in the house? Right. Learn how to coach in the house. Because that's really just what you just said. Because I got a sister. She's a Gemini. She's strong-headed, strong-willed. I'm a Cancer. And my mom's a Gemini. So, you know, I'm, I'm, they, they, they always ganging up on me. So, you know, I, 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 I got to hold my ground. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that when I do speak, I better be damn right because they're going to chew me up on both sides because yeah. they're twins. So now I'm going against four people. Right, right. And it's just me. Right, right. And trust me, 
them, them, you know, some of y'all might not be in them zodiac signs and all of that, but I'm gonna tell y'all if you guys aren't, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry, but you might want to brush up on that, yeah, because th- 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 there's a reason why there's 12 months, yeah, okay, yeah, there's a reason why there's 12 months, yeah, and then and, and four seasons, that's right, okay, that's right. So, I used a lot of that with my sister and my mom. I learned how to keep the peace even though I was mad as hell, but you have to learn to pick your battles. You ain't going to, you're not going to win every war that you go out, but if I can win the battles, that's going to make me stronger. And I'm going to learn something from the, 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 the few defeats that I get because it's doing anything but make me stronger. So, but more importantly, when I referee, because I played the game, I try to be as fair as possible. Hmm. I try to be as fair as possible. I don't care how mad you might be before, you know, I get guys that come in. Oh, I had that, I had that SOB last week, and all he did was this, 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 this. And the minute he says something tonight, I'm going to pop his ass. Huh? Well, go ahead, my lady, because you're going to be out there on that island by yourself. Yeah. We in the hood. Yeah, yeah. You can't come up in here thinking that you – John yeah. Wayne. Yeah, might be some repercussions to that. There's going to be some repercussions. Yeah, might be some repercussions and I ain't got time to that. for that. Yeah. Because, yeah. I, 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 you know, we're not going to lie. Referees, you know, coming up through the days, man. I remember getting locked in the locker rooms, man, because they beating on the windows. <laughs> yeah, they're waiting on you. They're waiting on me. Yeah, they're waiting on you. So then I had to reevaluate myself and said, okay. And the way I look at it is there's, 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 there's two kind of referees. There's one that's just out there for the money. And, Fair and, enough. And, and, and you it's can, a job. It's a job. And not even a job. And you can, it's a job to them. And you can tell that those referees, by their body language, how they hustle up and down the court, how they make calls, how they report, are they strong? You know, because when you go, when you, when you, when, when you go to, when you, when you go to NBA camp and you go to these division one camps, one of the things, the, the key that they talk about is, first of all, how do you appear on the court? Right. Okay. Right. How do you, how do you, how's your whistle? Is your whistle strong or is your whistle weak? Hmm. How do you, how do you stand when you go and report, when you go and, 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 and report it? You know, 33 hits, two shots. You know, some guys would be, uh, you know, down here, you know, 33 hits. Uh, it, 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 I can't remember. Bitch, goddamn. You made the call. What'd you see? Right. I can't help you with that. Right. So that tells me you ain't mentally prepared to come out here. Again. I don't want to work with you. Is the best of us stepping into these positions of authority no, in life? Not. No, they're not. Right? No, they're and, not. And, 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 and so what you're saying is, is that the dynamics of good refereeing are a, a mindset. Yes, it if is. If you're going to be, you know, a, a effective. And part of that is earning the player's trust and respect That's right. along the way. That's right. Which is interesting because you, you, going back to the, the family or the community dynamic yeah. or the neighborhood dynamic. Yeah. Um, and believe me, I remember as an athlete, man, I wanted to whip a few referees' ass I, I a, 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 yeah. along the way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
and and was ready to. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. And I wasn't the only one. Uh, yeah, you know I, I mean? I, I'm with you. And I got a lot of family. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cash was ready to get it in. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. But it's like, do the refs understand that? I know just, and I'm just going to say from my pers- a black perspective especially, I think the onus of the heat that comes from the community, if something don't go their way in the game, now you can parallel this to life how you want, but in the game, there's this hope writing on, you know, from the family to the, to, to, to the child or the, the, the nephew or the niece or the, the grandchild that's playing, there's this hope. That's my baby. That's right. That's right. I want them to win so they can yes. you know, go on to the next level. Right. 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 There's high emotional stakes. Very high. Some black folks, especially, I'm just, I'm just going to talk black folk from where I'm from. Right. So emotionally charged, Ooh. they know that not even come to the game. Ooh. I'll tell you right now, man, and my people know, hey, I ain't inviting y'all to the, to the no, joint tonight. No, no, Y'all tear this thing up, oh, man. I'm just going to go, go about my business. You're right. Because that temperament is yeah. that come oh, with repercussions. It, it, and it does. It comes with repercussions. Do, do referees understand that social dynamic that, okay, let's say you've been calling it square the whole time, and then, man, you, you mess one up, and... You know, you got a whole side of the stands mm-hmm. that's off the re- white, black, yeah. Asian, oh, oh, otherwise. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They off the hook with you. They oh, waiting for you outside. Oh, oh yeah, and and, and, I, and I've experienced that. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie and say my motherfucker, I ain't have them problems. Right, right. But it's it's a growing process. Okay. It's how, how do you deal with the community? Is there a moment to deal with the community? Yeah, yeah. To explain. Yeah, yeah, because. The, 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 the easiest thing is to say, and this is what I do. Hey, I call it what I saw. Because, you know, as a referee, you're going to be 50-50. So it gets to a point where, motherfucker, I don't really give a fuck. Excuse my French. I'm going to call what I see. Yeah. If I miss the call, I'm man enough, I'm professional enough to say I missed that call. Right. Right. Even if I have to pat the player on his butt, that's an indication of I got you. Do you think it's that there's misunderstanding of the game in the like? For instance, I, I just automatically think I'm, I, you know I'm, I'm a solution dude. What if some rule was instituted where you got one minute, one little lousy minute before the game, right. the mic goes to the referees and the referees get a chance to say, "Hey, y'all." We understand we ain't the most liked people in the room. Uh, you know, we got to call the game fair. We're going to make mistakes. We're not going to see everything. We're, you know, do you think some kind of like, you know, opportunity to connect well, the perspective could, could because I'm thinking about this from a community standpoint, even in policing, even in families. I know I, 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 do, I do it with mine. Man, dad ain't perfect. That is not that is not out here to be perfect. Now I'm nice with what I'm nice with. Yeah. And if you and if you bet on that, we're gonna win all day long. But there's certain things I'm not, you know, I don't have that skill set or I don't have that ability. So I'm I'm very forthright about um I may not be the best in this re- you know, regard. Right. And I think that opens the lane for understanding, you know, communication, getting some viewpoints out, et cetera. I would say this. In the regular season, I would say no. And the reason why I would say in the regular season, no, and in the playoffs I would say no, is because then it might look like that maybe 
we're already admitting that we're not good officials. Mm-hmm. Or are you are you admitting just the the reality? The reality it of is, it is that we're human, and we're and that's my point. And, and we're gonna miss things. That's my point. But the way that I would convey that message would be in the summer league camps, or the summer league, the spring leagues, the summer leagues. We do they they have they have uh, referee clinics that go and talk to the coaches. The coaches can come. And, and and talk to the officials. Yeah. Okay. But the main thing is, I can't be worried about the fans. Right. I can't because nowadays, every mother, father, brother, sister, uncle, my son's going to the league. Yeah. Everybody's emotionally invested. And, and, and so you have yeah. to what you have to what you have to be able to do as an official, just like as a red hat. You have to take the emotional part of the game out and just call what you see. Okay. And that's, and that's, and, and not every official can do that. And, and, and the way I prepared myself for that was, is I studied game film three, four hours a day. Okay. And, and, and the game film might've been, the last high school game that I worked, it might be a college game, it might be an NBA game, it might be a CBA game. I watch all that. Right. I watch I watch all that. Right. And I watch, and the reason why I watch the various types of games, because again, those emotions arise. Right. And 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 so the key is how did that official crew or how did that particular official, because I look up to this official, so I want to see how he or she handles this situation, this hot, heated situation. You got bodies all over the floor. The play is still going. People trying to get up and they pulling each other down. And you got this coach yelling, hey, that's a foul. Then you see that. And then you got the other. Oh, he's just crying because he's getting his butt whooped. You know, and now you got, you know, you got you got all of this going on at the same time. You know, you got the coaches going at each other. You got the players going at each other. Sometimes you even get a, a official crews that go at each other in the game. Mm-hmm. To my point, though, isn't that life? Ooh. Is that's life. It, is, that's, is that's, that's, that's everyday life. That's that's when you talk about being a black man growing up in the in in the hood in the CD and growing up when the Black Panthers was riding every day in our neighborhoods and 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 like this time when they when they when they when they did all the rioting and the protesting. They did it downtown to the rich businesses, but back in the 60s and 70s, they came to our neighborhoods and they rioted and they tore our neighborhoods up and then they went home. They went home. So what is the benefit? What is the benefit of, I just want to hear perspective. You got military, war, combat experience, real life life and death situations played out. You've lost a lot of friends. You've lost, you know, fellow Rangers, fellow soldiers, regardless of military class or military genre. Um, real rioting, if you would, with um, not to take nothing away from cause-related issues from within the community, when I say real, I mean that the military has, however you feel about it, 
they're under a legal construct that gives them the authority and the right for the betterment of this country to protect it as they see fit against any kind of threat. And there's real consequences there. And, 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 and there's, there's a overarching kind of macro understanding that goes with that versus in life when we riot. Um, the outcomes, the, 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 the benefits. In other words, in the sixties, when it went down, how did that affect the black community? Um, or even now, how does that affect the business, uh, you know, community? Excuse me. Is that the answer? Is war the answer? Well, first is, uh, you had asked, you know, is war the answer to that? And I think that anyone that's been in war, uh, combat conflict, um, would say it's, it's, um, it's a response. It's not always the answer. Right? Uh, anyone that's been in that kind of conflict doesn't want it. I mean, I mean we're looking at, I mean, uh, right now the, the 75th Ranger Regiment is the, literally the most deployed unit in all of DOD to this mm. day. I mean, I've got friends right now training in Yakima, getting for another rotation to go back out and, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and do those things. So, and, and it's, it becomes exhausting though. You know, I, I've got cats that, like in my peer group who are, you know, senior, uh, you know, enlisted advisors to command sergeant majors, you know, and they're tired mm. and they're, 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 they're tired. And, and, you know, they're at, at the same time is they're also at the end of their career. So now they're tired of war and they're also, for lack of better words, scared of mm. that transition out to what this new life real means. Life. What yeah. is this real life? What is what is this new life going to be? What does this even mean to us? Do they even again? Do do, do they understand us? We we have our problem with with you know getting the home, but now is society going to right. understand us? Are they going right. to accept us? Are they when I say hey yeah I've, I'm I'm ninety percent disabled or hundred percent disabled with the VA? What does that mean to somebody when that's said? What to us? No man, I just ran five miles this morning. Right. I can still do these things, but um, so. Number one, I don't think that's the answer. I think what the answer is, and this is what I share with military units um, when I'm on the stage, is um, acknowledgement, you know, documentation, and understanding, right? Acknowledgement, yes, I understand what's going on. Documenting it because not, one is not to get this, the individual in trouble, but also what I, as, as I've learned is document it for yourself, journaling. What is it? What is it that, that you went through today? What is it that you could peel back and say, "Oh, I remember those these type of feelings. I remember what was going on then, and what did you do to correct those things?" Right, and then uh, uh, you know the, the understanding is like, "Okay, what is what is really happening? What's going on to better that?" But then it goes back again. Though shy is I started that class of three ninety. We graduated ninety. Got back up here six months later. Twelve of us were left. When I left uh, battalion, there was six of us left. Right, mm-hmm. so. Who, at what point do people stop trying to be the best? Ooh. And let alone, when do they start? Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's as much as, as much as we can, as much as possible is to be that example for others to follow. You know, and, 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 and as I always say too, is I'll, as, a, as a leader, I will never ask anybody to do something I haven't done myself. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So 
you know, you, you see me in the community. I share what's going on in my life, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. And, and I, it, it, it sucks to be able to do that for, for, to, to share and to be that exposed and to be that transparent. But I know I need to do that because I know what others are, are looking at and saying, Oh shit, Ron's doing that. Man, hey, Ron, you quit drinking for, for, for 30 days, man, just to check. Good for you, man. Just want to let you know, you know, it, I, I, I've been sober for 10 years because mm. for whatever, you know, I hear all these great stories and it's like, well, there needs to be more examples of others to follow, for others to follow, but they also have to see, you know, those, those valleys as well as the peaks. And that's the problem with social media, I think, in this society today is, is that everyone always just wants to report the good. Everybody always wants to talk about the good parts and 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 yeah. and, and, and what's happening and, yeah. and without discussing or talking about acknowledging. No man, I'm going through some shit right now. Right, right now, or 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 what are those challenges? And if, if and, and what resources are you applying? What tools have you learned along the way right. to cope and deal with those things that you can still be on the top game, still aspire to be that that of uh, uh, that level of greatness um, that that we all want to be, but. You know, I'm going to take it back seven, eight years ago. One of the things that this resonated with me back in the 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 the, the you know, brave new world days was some people are afraid of success. That's true. That's true. And, and when people are afraid of success, they pull back. Yeah. They don't take that step in. Yeah. They don't walk into that because yeah. it's a it, it for whatever reason it's a fearful thing. Right. Right. Not everybody's a wolf. Not everyone's a type A to, to no, I'm going to go out here and crush this. No, I'm going to go out. And so what you have is people say, man, I wish I could do that. Right. But they right. don't know they have it within them. Right. One of the, you know, out of those 390 people that, that we started, we talked about this, you know, the one thing when people say, hey, what is it? What do I need to do to be a ranger? What do I need to do to be SF? What do I got to do to be in the Delta Force? All this, you know what? Two words. Don't quit. Mm. That's right. That's right. You can't mm. quit. Mm. Don't quit. Mm. Okay. You messed up. Okay. Well, don't quit. Come back again. Don't quit. I love that. I love that. I think that that personifies something everyone can resonate with. The don't quit. You know, for us in our culture, it was be brave. Be brave. Right. And that, that was kind of the moniker. The company, you know, was was born from and, and kind of came through, and and it's it's the same ideology. It's 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 literally don't, being brave is literally not quitting, not giving up on what it is you have an opportunity to pursue through. Um, but to your social media point, I think, and I agree, a lot of people promote, you know, the fantasy, right, the dream, That's right, the highlight. And what's not promoted is the work, the struggle, the um, flaw. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'll never forget. And I use this. This was very inspiring. This is back in the day. I was in L.A. This is when Kobe mm-hmm. shot out. Rest in peace. Uh, Mamba mentality. I love it. That That's the be brave shit all day. That's don't quit. Right. And, it, and it's epitome. Uh, Kobe was going through it. It was this was back during the being accused of rape and all this stuff. And I remember the transition and L.A. was a little funny about it. You know, you had your 
cats that loved them. But, you know, they was a little salty with Shaq getting shipped out of town. And uh, for all my L.A. heads, y'all remember it was that it was a it was an interesting, you know, time, you know, to be, um, um, you know, in Los Angeles. And I remember on his kind of comeback. uh, And I believe he switched from Adidas to Nike. Yes. At this time. Yes. And the lead commercial was the first time I had seen a professional superstar without a highlight driven uh, commercial product. That's right. And it was just Kobe working out. Right. It was sit ups. It was weights. It was I don't even think he took a shot. It was it was it was like jump rope and it was him just sweating and tugging and moving and going. And it was like this preparation, this kind of you know, manimal attitude about, you know, you could, t- this was the Mamba shit. He was on his Mamba. I'm, I'm on my comeback. I'm on my, I'm not quitting. I know what y'all saying about me. I know how y'all feel. I know blah, 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 but I'm about to work and grind and grind and grind and grind. And I think there's a lot of power in that that could transfer to the community if the p- proper parallels are created. So b- b- before uh, we move to the next subject, you know, hop, when you, you you mentioned the riots and you mentioned the temperament in the community um, at a pivotal time and you coming up, what is your perspective on is that approach beneficial? Does does you know does it help? What, what's 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 the real angle you think needs to be seen in in, in that mix? Well, anytime you protest, whether it's nonviolent or violent. It seems to me, from what I've been experiencing, the only way things can be successful is one, we got to be able, it's one thing to protest, but what are we protesting about? Are we going to, are we protesting because we're going to make a change? Or are we protesting because we're trying to make people aware of the situations that other folks are dealing with on a daily basis? But in order for all of that to change, it has to change in the Constitution. It has to change in the bylaws that's a, that's been written in stone. And these guys are hovering to it and they're using it, but they're using it inappropriately. They're using it to where it's going to it's only bending fitting one economic group. And. When you start talking about blacks, you start talking about the Asians, you start talking about the Mexicans, you start talking about the Jewish folks, whatever you want to talk about. Not everybody is up here. And there's more people that are here and then below. And we're the ones that are tr- trying to fight to get what is rightfully ours because we're entitled to just everything like these people are. So when when we riot or when we protest, because you've never seen a, a protest not be violent. Well, there's well, think about it. Martin Luther King, when they protest and they, they marched, they got beat. They got thrown in jail. John Lewis got hit upside his head, thought he was going to die. OK, when they when they protest here this past summer. People got hurt. Businesses got damaged. People went back home. But what did, what did, what did we gain? 
Now the city is destroyed. It not only is destroyed economically, but more importantly, it's destroyed culturally. It's destroyed socially. It's destroyed economically. Nothing benefited from from these protests. But if we can change the Constitution, we can change the language in the Constitution that is going to prohibit certain folks only getting all of the advantages. This is the only way that this life on Earth is going to change. So when you say Constitution and the Constitution needs to change, are you talking about the Constitution, Constitution? That's right, baby. I'm talking are about you the, talking about. Are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the governmental constitution. The original. The, the original constitution. Okay, so look. All right, so look. You know everybody ain't flying with that. Uh, well, you know. You, you know okay. what I'm saying? Well, not, not that you're here for that sake. I'm just saying. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Because the constitution is a beautiful. I mean, look. Portions I, of I'm, this. I'm, I'm going to say on the surface. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say on the surface. And I'm going to say contextually, when you think about it, and I'm a big dude on context. So you going back hundreds of years. Now, we, we all know, you know what I'm saying, from, a, from, a, from the black perspective, from slavery and all that, the Constitution definitely um, has fragments in it that undermined us as a human being. That's right. Altogether. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not voiding that. But I am saying on the construct, and with respect to the fact that that was you know, that's what these cats was on in that in that day, right? The premise of an idea of a society, a free society that could freely enterprise, a society that had this notion that its people will always be more powerful than its government, that it would create a space that the notion of its government is there for the preservation and service of the people. Um, is is the Constitution off in its essence, or have people just got it twisted because they don't totally know the Constitution, or they don't have a you know complete appreciation for it? May or it's like because it's like, look, what what average household do you know that you've been in and out of where the Constitution sitting over there, or the Bill of Rights is over there, or the Declaration of Independence is over there, or the Emancipation proclamations over there. Any of these, you know, phenomenal bills and laws that historically were created for the uh, evolution of America to become this, you know, this, this great idea. When you say the Constitution needs to change, um, are you saying that it that that it's void of anything that could get us to that next level, or do you think it's the people? You know what I'm saying? Is it is is it the is it the the verbiage and the bill and the and, and 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 the words itself that's off, or is it the people? Because I kind of liken it to scripture. It's like is is scripture off, or are the people propagating it and utilizing it for themselves off? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you say the scripture, scripture's never going to be off. Okay. 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 Scripture's never going to be off. Okay. But at the same, but the Constitution's t- off. But but it's a combination. The language that's, or, or I put it this way, is how the Constitution is executed. Okay. Okay. Because if it's executed verbatim of the language that's in there, there's no way that African Americans shouldn't have black-owned businesses. There shouldn't be there shouldn't be any poverty 
in the world. There shouldn't be neighborhoods where they can't get medical attention. They can't get social psychiatric uh, attention. There's no way that these veterans can go and fight for this country and come back and be treated like dog meat. Right. Right. So who's controlling that? Right. So you say, so that's, that's not a constitutional thing. That's a people thing. That's a people. And that aspect of it, it's a people's thing. Of, but that's played out through legal protections of, you know, the medical industries or, you know, whatever, you know, ec- the economic uh, landscape, you know, because I get what you're saying. You're, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong. You're saying that America's fucking up. Yes. Because it's used the Constitution through a corporate lens that has naturally, maybe, certainly consequentially ostracizes people out of privilege and right and that is fairness and, and, that, and, and that, equity. That is Even correct. some of its most worthy, those that served it. That's correct. I'm going to leave it like that. I can't. Yeah. I, I can't argue with that. So but again, is that a foul of the people or a foul of the document? I think it's up to interpretation. I mean, and it and it and it consistently has been since it was drafted. Hmm. Since it was drafted, yeah, you have all the names on there, but that doesn't mean they everyone agreed to it. That's right. Right? That's it, right. It, it's like, okay, we need to put something forth. Let's okay. Let's here we go. Let's let's vote on. Okay, yes, we're gonna sir. put it. We're gonna put our. This is what we feel the ideas. And then obviously there's been amendments and all these different right. things over time. Just as you said, as, as, as times changed, and it's like okay, wait, you can't do that to this class of people because the Constitution says you can't do that. You have to add this into there to, to make these changes. But at the same time, is there's a Supreme Court. Yes. There's these different levels of you know you got somebody at the Court of Appeals in Hawaii. That can say, well, that's not constitutional. And someone else can say that it is constitutional. So, so it's like, it's, unfortunately, it's consistently up for interpretation and mm-hmm. how well someone is going to be able to argue that point to win that point over to whoever is the legislative authorities that say, yes, this is, we're going to put this in or no, we're not. Is it constitutional or is it not constitutional? That's always the fight. Right. right. Whatever, and, whatever topics. And, 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 and is judgment. Is is law subject to perspective. For whoever may be. In the seat of judgment, because if 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 and again, this goes back to the referee thing. That's right. You know, how are you seeing the foul or go. the non foul in the course of a game? You're essentially playing judge in that moment and your understanding of the constitution of the game or the rules of the game, you're going to penalize accordingly, but sometimes, you know, naturally you're going to be off or naturally you're going to. And then, and, and then that's just because that's human air, right? Human air. And if you leave it at, cause nobody's perfect. And the way, and, and, and so I give you an example of what I'm talking about. I'm the chapter president for Protect 17, and I'm on the bargaining team. And one of the things that we do is that we, we have bylaws within the union. Okay. We, we have a contract with the city. 
Okay. But then there are certain words that are used in a sentence, shall or must. And so. You say share or must. Shall, S-H-A-L, or or must. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, when the ranger was talking about interpretation, one of our objectives now is to take those types of words out of the Constitution so that when you read it, it is definitive of exactly what can and what can't be done. So you take the you rule out anybody coming in and being able to make a judgment because people are prejudiced towards certain things and they're going to always try to get their point across and they're going and it don't matter who they destroy in the process. This is just how human nature is. Right. So if you can change words to where you don't get all of these different interpretations when you read it, that may, that that's a start to trying to make things better. Yeah, yeah. I thought something else out, out there is that, you know, the Civil, Civil Rights Act, hmm. all right? Why does that have to be consistently voted on to stay active? What is it that's there that can't just be like, we're going to keep it. Well, I, it, it shocked the shit out of me when it comes up and it's like, oh, we have to vote on this again. What the, what, what is there? What you mean? Well, 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 you well, know, well it's like, yeah, it's, it's like yeah. this, but there's this consistent thing of like, wait a minute. <laughs> you mean there might be a chance that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, folks like, and, and like my grandfather, my grandfather fought World War Two. Right. Came back. And, and uh, so the end of World War Two. So late, late forties, wanted to buy a home. GI with his with his GI bill, which one of those is the VA home loan benefit, zero down, all this, that, and the other. But can't now it's written in there. It's in the GI bill. Of, it's the GI. It's in the GI bill. Those bill of rights and all those things and so on and so forth. But then you have these other laws that come in. Well, redlining. Well, we're not going to lend these. These banks can't lend to black folks. So on and so, so it's like okay, constitutionally it's in there, or let's just say in, it's there's a right there that these veterans have fought for, so on and so forth, but now they don't have access to these things, hmm. right, to, to, to execute. And, and so constitutionally, the way that the Constitution is written, you know, pursuit of happiness, so on and so forth, but obviously there's, there's, there's you know, up even to recent times, the current day, where there's certain groups of society that want to suppress that hmm. pursuit of happiness in, in, different, in one form or another. Mm-hmm. And so... But does that mean that it's, I mean, but it's written in the Constitution. So it's like, hey, that's what we're standing on. But at the same time, but, it's, but it's, is, it, is it the people and the laws and the things that they're creating locally that put a twist on it a little bit, right? So, I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting because there's so, it's so convoluted. And, 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 when, and what document do you refer to for, your, for, for justice? Hmm. So is, that- is there one? So what they're so what they're doing for this to always come back up and we have to vote on it. They're hoping we're going to quit. They're going to hope that we're going to stop fighting for and not be brave and not be brave. Yes, that's right. You don't have to vote on any other uh, any other thing around here. Yeah. So why we and and, and it's it's affecting us. We, We you showed me the movie. We saw the movie last night. Yeah. How do you sell to the Negroes? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's right. That was back in 19... The 50, 1960. Yeah. Yeah. This is 2021. Yeah. yeah. It is the same thing that's going on. Right. Right. And, and, and then that's how a lot of us get discouraged. Yeah. A lot of us don't. A true leader. Is going to take the ups and the downs. Yes. And it's going to keep going. Yeah. And like we said earlier. There are folks that'll say, okay, yeah, I'm with you, rah, 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 rah. We get out there, we start doing this, we start doing this. All of a sudden, shit, we in quicksand. Right. What they going to do? They going to turn around and go the other way. Now we in there by ourselves. And so that is what's been happening is we get certain leaders, we get people that are following them, and then when it gets, whoa, they bail out. Yeah, when the game gets on the line, there's two minutes left, and you down six. They bail out. Cats will bail out. I'm I'm Showtime Prime Time. Yeah. I, my my motto is, man, turn them lights up, man, because the brighter them lights get, man, the higher I'm gonna perform. Right, right. I'm I'm winning. Right. That goes back. That goes back to to what I was trying to say though was, is there something we we're not having, something that is inherent amongst brotherhood. And fraternalism in, 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 in military and other spaces. There's something that's inherent in sportsmanship and in, in, in uh, the dynamics of being an athlete that gets lost in life. Oh, yeah. And then when you got to pull those together in a community, well, the best of you are off out at war. Yes. And on the field and on the court and... In the boardroom or in communities there in jail are incarcerated. Yeah, you could say that, too. Absolutely. You feel what I'm saying? Um, But that leadership component is often missing or the leadership falls in the hands of someone who does may or may not have the sportsman or sportswoman mentality right. or the military man or military woman mentality to properly organize, strategize, structure, lead, mobilize to completion and fulfillment yes. and so on and so forth. Um, there's something that I think has always been lost in, 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 uh, in, in basketball, um, the concept of rebounding. Of course. And, you know, we know as hoopers right. how important it is. Oh, yes, we do. The idea of somebody who's great at rebounding is they are fixed with the notion you may miss. And because you miss, I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm going to go retrieve the ball right. on our behalf so you can shoot again. again. That right there. Right. That that in that sport is an amazing feature. It's an actual stat line. It's well respected from within the culture. But, you know, the leading rebounder in the league isn't necessarily going to be getting MVP votes and they're not necessarily going to get the big deal with Nike or the blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is many more shots are missed than made. It reminds me of this that. uh Michael Jordan commercial he had, again, going into the flaw and the truth. And he had a commercial that was centered around um, him narrating mm-hmm. how many layups he missed 
how many game-winning shots he missed, how many fouls he got. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It was all about his flaws. And he's kind of talking to the crowd like, maybe y'all misunderstood. Maybe it was my fault. Right. Maybe I made you believe this was easy. Maybe I didn't talk enough about how many hours of sweat and toil, how many sprained toes and ankles and knees and how much sleepless nights and how much pain and ice tubs. And maybe it's on me because I didn't. All you saw was the highlight and the dunk and the flash. Right. You didn't get to see the truth. That's right. 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 That's right. And thus my ability to rebound into the next day, despite the pain of the former. That's right. I got to get up this following day and keep getting after Keep it. grinding. Don't quit. Don't, Don't quit. quit. Be brave. That's right. Right? That's right. Rapid fire. I always do this in my segments with guests. My rapid fire is just going to be simply, I'm going to ask you all odd questions and you're just going to tell me what it is. Okay. Right? All right. Rapid fire. What's your favorite beer? Oh, man. Uh, right off the top, Manny's. 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 What's your favorite cigar? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I got to go open up your box. I got to go with that one. I'm going to go with the Olivia. I'm going to go with the Olivia. Okay. Okay. Your favorite football player of all time? Oh, man. Of all time? Yeah. <sighs> got to go with Bo, man. Bo Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how I came up. All round, you know, he's the, he's he's the dude, man. Yeah. Favorite trackster of all time. Edwin Moses. Edwin Moses. Y'all both pulled pulled a couple cold ones out. That's crazy. Favorite rock band of all time. Hmm. Favorite rock band of all time. That's a good one. <laughs> Shit. Um, I'm going to go with early Jimmy. Ooh. Early Jimmy. I, I could dig it. I could dig it. Favorite hip hopper of all time. Biggie. Biggie. Ooh. You a biggie dude, huh? I'm a biggie dude. Biggie, biggie, biggie. Can't you see? <laughs> I could dig it. I could dig it. We drink champagne on Thursday. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Favorite candy bar all time. Oh, man. All time favorite candy bar. I got to go Baby Ruth, man. Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth. Oh, yeah. man. I used to yeah. love me some yeah. Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth, man. Favorite soda all time? Oh, I got to go with that uh, that crushed orange in the bottle. Oh, the old school. Oh, the the bottle crushed. And when, you return, <laughs> and when you took the bottle back, you got five cents. <laughs> That's back in the day, y'all. That's back in the day. I don't even know if they still do that. Yeah, they don't get no five uh, cents returning the bottle. Man, <laughs> come on, man. Come on. That's crazy. Yeah, man. If there was... One thing you would say about yourself that you'd want the world to know that they don't know, what would be that thing? Or to want the world to know that they don't know. I truly give a fuck. Mm. That's cold. That's cold. And for you. 
I'm a leader. I know that's right. I'm, I'm a <laughs> natural born leader. Yes, I don't, indeed. I don't have no problem. We talked about this the other day. The Lord has gave me so much spirit. I tell folks all the time, I, if I have to, I carry the universe on my shoulders. Come on, man. And I'm, and I'm truthful about that. And when I'm carrying everybody on the shoulders, we, this, this, this is for the right things. That's natural for you. Natural for me. That's jihad. That's, that's jihad. City you were born in? Fontana, California. Fontana. Fontana. <laughs> come on, Jay. Fontana. City you were born in. Man, come on, man. The greatest city in the Pacific Northwest, man. <laughs> Seattle, Washington, oh, that, man. Oh, I thought you were going to say Federal Way. I, like, uh, no, I know man. you were born in Federal Way, C- man. Come C- on. C- <laughs> C- come on, man. The Emerald City, baby, where it's all green. That's right. That's right. Do you have a favorite Sonic of all time? Ooh. <laughs> man. Yeah, man. I got to go with Sean Camp. Shot the rain, man. Yeah, man. That was a bad yeah. boy. Absolutely. That boy was bad. Absolutely. Favorite Sonic all time. Spencer Hayward. Spencer Hayward. Yeah. Do your research. Spencer <laughs> Hayward. Spencer Hayward. You, and young fellas, for y'all don't know who Spencer Hayward is, y'all might want to go and shake his hand when you see y'all because he's the reason why y'all can come out of college early and play in the NBA. Yes. Yes. That's very true. Favorite Seahawk of all time? Ooh. I love me some Marshawn, man. Beast. Beast mode. Yeah, Beast. man. Beast yeah. is a wild he's, boy. He's, he's a wild boy. <laughs> he is. But, man, he's got that that heart. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he, that, that no quit as well. Yeah. He's just, man, he's like, man, I'm here to play. Let me, let me do my thing. You yes, know? indeed. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I like, I like his get down. Not a lot of people agree with that with him, but, yeah. Favorite Seahawk? Larger. Steve. Steve. Super Steve. Hall of hey, Famer. Hey, out yeah. all day. Yeah. In fact, first Seahawk Hall of Famer, yes. correct? Steve was a bad boy, man. Bad boy. Bad boy. One of the most underrated football players, I think, in the history of the game. Oh, of course. Even though he's Hall of Fame and you know all that. And and you know, at that time, man, they you know, he's a slow white boy, but he ran the best routes next to Fred Belitnikov. Yes, he did. And he trained me on the offseason, so I'm going with Steve Larch. Okay, all right. That's, <laughs> all right, man. Hey, man, look, man, wasn't nobody trying to hold you up? Oh, man, I'm just letting you know, man. I'm just letting you know, man. Do you have a favorite food? Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Come on, come on. Man. And it's specific, too. It's tacos, not in general. Specifically, <laughs> carne asada tacos. Carne asada, yeah. Montana, carne asada. Con pico de gallo, con pico de guacamole. That's right. That's right. Con tina de maíz. Yeah, that's man. Right. Since you in the lane, man, tell the people your culture. Your yeah, heritage. Uh, black and Mexican. Yeah. Black and Mexican yeah, from black Fontana, Mexican, California. Fontana, California. That's right. Favorite food? Oh, man, you know, I cook everything. But my favorite food, man, is I like to make my fresh waffles in my waffle cooker and with some fruit grinded up in it, you know, and that nice hot Surf honey. Okay, do you butter it down though? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you get the chopped fruit topping, man. You butter down. Oh, no, I take the fruit. The- I take the fruit and mix it up in the batter. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. One I take. It, I beat it up in the batter Ooh. and then flip him in there and be like, 
and then close him and then flip it. Oh, that's them hot waffles. Ah, right, that's them G hot waffles. That's y'all. right, baby. That's oh, right. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. If there's one thing you could tell the people you think you got out of today's show, what what would it be? Man, one thing I got out of today's show, um, the importance of, of communication, conversation, you know, um, you know, we talked about a, a lot of different topics, a lot of different subjects, some things, you know, uh, whether you agree or disagree, we can, we can, we, we see here, we can, we can have that in peace in a position of, uh, of non-judgment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that is one of the key elements that's missing. Uh, in the world, in the home, in companies, uh, small businesses, is is that that getting back to that level of, of communication, being open with it, being able to be mature with it, and uh, that's 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 a big thing that I got from this. It's, it's a it's a it, it's a great feeling. It's a comfortable feeling, and um, it's it's something that I've identified that uh, I, I really miss in my life. Mm. From us sitting here, and you know, the last you know times that we've been building together as men in here, and yeah, and I think that's a, I think that's that's an important uh, important aspect. Absolutely. Yeah. What's what what what's your one driving thing you you take away from today's show? The continuance of the brotherhood. Hmm. The continuance of being that right leader. We're all different, but yet we respect each other. We express how we feel, and it comes from the heart. Yes, indeed. Brave New World is that's why it's called Brave New World. That's right. That's right. Because we're not a, we not afraid. We're not ashamed to let you know how we feel. And the one thing that you need to know is we're gonna tell you how it really is. Absolutely. Whether you agree or you don't agree. We're going to tell you how important it is uh, to to be open, to be honest, to be able to accept different feedbacks from folks and then build on it and still work on becoming the best we can be. I, 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 I tell you, since we've been building here for the last few months here one of the greatest things is it's really really helped me it's it's it's, it's helped my inner soul it's 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 i tell them i said i'm I, I feel the way i'm 60 years old i feel just like i did when i played for university of washington from 1973 to or 1979 to 83 mm. that's peace right there and these brothers here are real and they're not going nowhere and they stand for a purpose. Absolutely. And, and as long as we continue to grow and stride and know and stay focused on the purpose and what's next, we're going to be successful all day, every day. So here's how we're going to wind the show down. Y'all I'm going to encourage all you brothers to relight your sticks. If your sticks is down, we're going to send the people off with some love and peace. As I light mine, I'm going to re-pour a little God juice on you. For my folks that's out there, please take no offense. You know what I'm saying? 
I really don't give a damn how y'all feel about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We want you all to know that as we toast you out. Let me see the lighter, Ron, when you get a chance, baby. As you go on Thank in you. life to do whatever it is that you do, that you maintain an ability to do what these brothers just said, keep communication at the fore- forefront, love on your people, love on your neighborhood, your families, your community, your cities and states, your regions, your nation, and your world. The planet will become an altogether better place if we continue to do some of the things we just experienced today. I raise my glass. I salute you all. Peace, love, wealth, health, success, happiness, abundant joy, and laughter. May it follow you all the days of your life. This is Shine Law signing off. This is life. Salute. I'm a kind of man that believes-